afternoon and welcome to the African Defense Review. This is John Stupart, the Managing Editor, and I'm here with Darren Olafia, our Senior Correspondent and all-known all wizard, I suppose, for SANDF Affairs, um, talking today about day one at AAD. And I thought what we could do today is perhaps begin with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the media, the, the Minister of Defense's statement, talk a little bit about that, talk about our experiences with tallies, and uh, then move on. Although I believe, am I, am I pronouncing that incorrectly, Darren? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, their uh, slide seems to imply it's TELUS. TELUS, okay. All right. So we'll talk about TELUS a little bit and then go on to discuss the Rosa Boren export uh, media briefing today um, and then just sort of have a, have a little look at what we might be covering tomorrow. So... With all that said, um, going on to the minister's speech, um, there were a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of press, a lot of sort of fanfare and all that. There's a little bit of a little bit of a parade outside the Vatikloff office, which I, I suppose you would have left the day before for the the, the soft air power demo as well. But um, they, uh, the 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 speech itself wasn't you know, nothing surprising in terms of in terms of content. It, it it touched on several major security issues in South Africa or strategic uh, issues of concern, particularly um, the 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 problem of maritime piracy in the you know east and west oceans. I guess, um, although yeah, I mean you know my my opinion on on maritime security in general. But anyway, uh, poaching was another big issue. Border control. And also talking a little bit about foreign deployments and things like that. Um, another issue or aspect that the minister touched on was that of the, the South African Defence Review, which should, for all intents and purposes, hopefully be coming into legislation or being presented before Parliament any time now, which obviously at a, at, at a defence trade expo, that's kind of important when you start considering that this is really the thing that will determine what the budget's going to be and thus what the shopping list will be for our strategic considerations for the SNDF. So um, in that regard, um, yeah, it was nothing nothing terribly uh, surprising from the Minister of Defence, quite a, you know, quite a, quite a thorough speech, I think, in terms of what was said, but really just served as the sort of ribbon cutting, I think, um, for, for this morning, so nothing, nothing too serious. But I think what we can talk about in more detail is uh, the talk with uh, Tullis, where we discussed, or rather Tully South Africa, I should say, where we discussed um, all things local with uh, the CEO, Justice Twitler. So in that regard, we, we, we discussed several things, but focused a lot on, on Talis's two major contracts with the SNDF. And I think we'll just do this bit by bit, Darren, where um, we talk about the first aspect here, talking about the Naval CMS combat, uh, combat management system, as a combat mission system, either or, basically. Um, and uh, the, the, you know, just talk about that. So, I mean, Darren, can you maybe provide a little bit of background on this, the CMS and uh, what what it's supposed to be about? All right. So, uh, South Africa is part of the uh, 99 uh, so-called arms deal. Purchased four uh, uh, blue ocean frigates, well, you know, long-range frigates uh, from Germany. Right. Uh, these frigates, uh, obviously, you cannot have a, a ship without having some kind of combat suite. Even the system is going to tie together your radars, your weaponry, all the rest. Mm. So the CMS is a system for, for managing all that. It combines the inputs from the radars, combines the inputs from the, the, the various sensors as well, and um, allows you to control you know, the, the, the battle plan from the ship and the launching and, and use of the various weapons, which right. on our frigates are the 
control sort of missile. Yeah. Uh, the 76mm um, gun, the two 35mm guns, and the Exocet action missile. Oh, right. So, I, I keep forgetting we have Exocets. Yes. Um, right, okay. Um, so, I mean, uh, this is still a, a, quite a good contract going on for them. Uh, we further extension, I believe, and, okay. and uh, performing well. I mean, uh, one of them just came back from uh, South America, where it was part of Exercise Atlas Year. Right. So they're out there, they're active, and I believe that they'll again be taking part next month in um, Exercise Ipsma, which is Brazil and India. Oh, okay. Ipsma, yes. Fantastic. And then also, in the, uh, I should note on, their, on their, their stand, they had quite an impressive, what looked to be a glass model of the, the frigates we use with their, uh, you know, their, their fire management system highlighted. Although by highlighted, I mean you have sort of um, um, resin models of the cannons, I guess. It's right. difficult to, to model a combat management system, which would basically just be a terminal on the bridge, I suppose. Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> been inside the, the combat room of, of one of the frigates. Oh, right. It's, I've, it's, I've been inside the frigate, but I don't know which one the, 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 the CMS is, is located. Um, I touched the steering wheel once and a, a sailor shouted at me, so <laughs> I don't think I was allowed to see much more. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's quite, quite impressive to see it. It's all, you know, just screens everywhere. Yeah. Um, very high tech um, and all, you know, very, very well integrated. Right. And then I think talking, I mean, ju the, the Justice was very, very optimistic about that and then also talked in fair, fair detail about the the surveillance or the ISR pods um, on the, the South African Air Force Gripens that we use. I believe it's something called the MIG system, which Darren will ask you in a second to, to elaborate on. And also talking a lot about avionics packages that they provide for the C-130s that the SAF uh, operate, because obviously these are, I, I believe, 50-year-old C-130s now um, and have you know, well, at least some of them have have experienced several upgrades. And again, Darren, I'll I'll lean on you for this because I know you know exactly which ones. But um, yeah, I mean, like these these two contracts themselves seem to, at least from the the non army side, appear to appear to be the 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 meat and potatoes, you could say, of uh, um, of of, of Talis, which um, certainly it's not insignificant for 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 a defense company to be involved in. So just talking about this MIG package, what what exactly is that and uh, um, why is it important? I've got to admit, it's the first time I've heard of it referred to as the MIG package. Oh, Mi but, I think uh, it was MIG, M-I-G, um, unless, I, unless, I, unless I heard it In any case, um, Talos provides all of the fast jet um, ISR for the SAF Force. Mm. So you have on the Gripen, it's the, what they call the, the DJRP, the Talos Digital Joint Re Reconnaissance Pod. Mm. And that's a very high-tech, I mean, it's, it's one of the best um, ISR pods available in the world. Okay. Fully real-time, uh, exceptionally good quality of the optics and, and, and excellent range. And it, it really has gone quite a long way towards providing a very, very effective, almost strategic, but uh, quite uh, or strongly tactical surveillance capability. Mm. In fact, there are uh, rumors and reports that a Gripen has been used to or was used after Americana to go and provide um, early imagery. Oh, right. In okay. fact, with the Hawks as well... Um, the Hawks use a, a Vinton pod, and that pod is also provided by by Talus. It's one of Talus's sub companies. Vinton pod, okay. Yeah, so yep, Talus provides both of the three con pods that are used by the SAF forces foster side. Mm. Uh, the only other uh, recon pod or well, recon system used is the uh, coiler system used aboard the Cessna caravans. 
Right. Okay. Uh, so the entire system uh, obviously will include the the pod. It'll include uh, the downlink. It'll include the stations to receive it and to interpret it, which I believe is what the CEO was referring to. Hmm. In fact, it was notable that um, yesterday at, at the Air Force's Air Power Capability Demo, which I which I attended at Rotterdam, one of the things that they yes. displayed was the use of the Vinton pod on the Hawk to uh, provide a, a post-strike, uh, or actually, sorry, pre-strike surveillance of, mm. of, of, of the area. Um, okay. So, you know, for the Air Force, it's, it's an extremely necessary capability, the ability mm. to, to provide this, this aerial um, reconnaissance picture, and not only that, to be able to re- keep it refreshed over time. So mm. this is a very, very important part of, of, of the capability of both the Hawk and the Gripen. And it's the reason why one of the first pieces of equipment to be integrated on the Gripen was this pod, you know, as mm. opposed to, for example, uh, beyond, beyond visual range missiles. Right. Uh, sort of gee whiz technology that everyone likes to see, correct, but yeah. it doesn't actually help the, the, the mission. In, I mean, to, to look, look back, you forget the, the Battle of Bangui. <clears throat> Um, having an, an aerial yeah. surveillance platform would have helped a, a whole lot because the troops on the ground only had right. um, well, mm. what they're able to, to see firsthand. Yeah. And of course, I mean, even just from a, a civil security perspective, the, certainly the World Cup benefited from, from that immensely, I imagine. Uh, you know, just having the Gripens run in a That's a very good point. Um, the, the Gripens and Hawks use their, their surveillance pods, as far as I understand. Uh, the Gripens yeah. had a combination. Uh, some of them were flying with the Lightning targeting pod, which provides right. a, a sort of a slightly different type of, type of, of picture and a, a different type mm. of, of downlink. Uh, and they were then supplemented right. by a Gripen's flying with the DJRP, which are able to provide yeah. you know, a much more detailed picture, a much wider picture, and, and so on. Mm. Yeah, so it's an extremely important capability for the SAF Force. And you're right, it, it mm. helps secure um, a major sporting event. Right. And I mean, that's, I think uh, the important thing is it's encouraging to see that the Air Force is actually capable of using this, this kind of integrated approach. Because so often you, you see, I mean, especially at capabilities displays, you see lots of explosions, lots of sort of things happening, um, you know, just in terms of bullets going down range. But that doesn't actually show the, the sort of really, really uh, sort of important background surveillance and things that are going on, which I know at the, the Air Force capability, they actually go at great pains to show you the real real-time link from, say, the, the caravan, for example, the Casa Caravan, and its, uh, its sort of targeting pods as well, um, or surveillance pods, I should say, and, you know, as well as the, the Hawks and Gripen sort of working in tandem with yes, everyone. Yes, it's a good point. I mean, it was actually quite fascinating to watch the, the downlink from the, the, the turret aboard the, the, the orbiting caravan. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, going back to Talos as well, I think that... One of the things they were stressing, certainly with regards to AAD this year, is that they were certainly aimed towards the South African uh, market um, with a slightly broader uh, sort of aim as well towards the the Southern African market. But, I mean, that was the the CEO, Justice, uh, definitely... Definitely stressed out the, the the importance of South Africa to Talia South Africa. Um, I, I believe he actually, and I quote, he mentioned it was part of the South African defense ecosystem, which, you know, certainly discussing just in brief one aspect of its uh, Talia's products. Right. Um, that certainly seems the way. And I mean, again, if if you uh, those of you listening, if you if you're heading to AD and you haven't seen Talis's stand, I highly recommend you take a look and see because the, it's not just a ship, it's not just the the aircraft stuff. There's a lot of interesting things happening on their stand, and uh, all of it manned by uh, 
what I presume are experts in each department. Um, so they certainly sounded like it to my relatively uninformed brain, but uh, I'm fairly sure they know what they're yeah. talking Actually, about. Actually, something else I should mention, so, what to tell us is oh, yeah. uh, sure. they're also heavily involved in avionics for the SAF force and various other groups in the country as well. Mm. So, for example, oh, the yes, C-130BZ right. uh, underwent mm. a complete overhaul and upgrade uh, in the mid-2000s mm. with Marshall Aerospace in Cambridge and Denial Aviation. Under which they received, well, part of the upgrade was to receive a full gloss, gloss cockpit, which is a variant of the Talus top deck. Uh, yeah. Similarly, the, the Royal Falk has a number of Talus systems in it, um, mm. so, as does the Hawk, and I believe most of the, the, the avionics in the Superlix used by the SAF was for the, the Navy's frigates are also made by Talus. Right. And if I, if I remember correctly, um, Justice also touched on that as well, mentioning why well, he mentioned the C 130 specifically. But uh, I think that's that's also quite an important point. I think we just because these these aircraft, the frames are fifty years old, doesn't necessarily mean the guts inside sure. are, um, you know, definitely quite important to bear in mind. So now moving from Talos, we also took a little look. Uh, I mean, obviously there's press releases and media briefings going on willy nilly <laughs> at the at the the expo. But one of the one of the largest, well, I dare say one of the largest in the world companies to to give a briefing today was Rosabor on export. Now, say what you will about the, the, the sort of company, it is huge. And I believe two years ago as well, they announced the the, the Soviet or the sort of Russian sire. And this was a Soviet Union era helicopter maintenance uh, facility that they'd set up in South Africa, as well as, a, I believe, a, a, a $1 billion deal with Angola for, for, for SU-30 um, fighter jets or multi-role jets. Now, we went to Rosa Boren today or to their, their media briefing Kind of, I, I was tentatively optimistic that there might be there might be another huge deal like that that would you know sort of make the news. But um, they were actually quite quite reserved with the the, the release, as I suppose is the the, the tradition of Russian <laughs> defense companies is to to say little and then um, you know sort of foist things upon you. But during the questioning, um, I believe it was actually it was um, Dean Wingren of uh, Defense Web actually asked what their objectives were. Um, in 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 South Africa, at least, or in Africa, I, did, I should say. Um, and with regards to that, we had Alex Fomin from uh, from Rosa Boren discuss it, um, or discuss the or answer the question. And he was talking about definitely focused, at least in South Africa and Southern Africa, on maintenance and overhaul um, of of material and systems and equipment in South and Southern Africa, particularly using South Africa as a base. Now, I mean, Darren, you and I, I think both, when, when you think of that, the first thing that comes to our mind is Donnell, which is precisely what they've done with the C-130s with regards to, as well, the maintenance hub um, um, here in, in South Africa as well. Um, but I think just expanding on that, because obviously maintenance is, is quite an interesting thing, but expanding on that as well was was um, the Rosa Boron statement of how these service hubs could actually extend theoretically to countries like Angola and Mozambique's uh, arsenal of armor. And I, I, I believe they also mentioned artillery um, using South Africa as a base for repair and maintenance, even though we do not use the sort of Russian or sort of Soviet Union era um, equipment, certainly SADAC neighbors do. And, and and I think that from 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 what they said was quite interesting. But I, I wanted to ask, I mean, Darren, what do you what do you think? Good or a bad idea? Or was he was he was it simply spitballing? I don't well, know. Well, <laughs> I think the entire approach makes sense for both you know Rossborn Export and and South Africa because uh, up until now the only sort of large scale depot, or not sorry, depot, a deep maintenance capability available for these mm. these aircrafts and all the systems was back in Russia. 
or at yeah. least at least it's largely the I mean certainly the African tradition because right. so, I mean the African tradition is generally being cannibalized and then correct, yes. you know carry on and then simply buy more and and as, <laughs> as world defense budgets shrink and at the same time as, as mm. African countries come under increased pressure from groups like you know Boko Haram Al Shabaab and, and there is mm. a need to increase security. I believe they're seeing mm-hmm. more of a market for not only maintenance but also upgrades and, uh, and at least yeah. to, the ability to modernize uh, systems. I believe that'll focus yeah. uh, most commonly on the the MI8, which you see everywhere. Um, yes, yeah, that was yeah. mentioned. Yeah, I think in, 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 before in, moving on to on, on other systems. So I think it makes sense. You know, in yeah. South Africa, they have a fairly well-established industrial base. They're able to mm. to offset. You know, well achieve revenues while at the same time um, mm. not having to worry about you know creating factories from, from new creating um, companies from scratch yeah and uh, yeah. I think really that they're seeing it as the alternative <clears throat> for doing this is it's not necessarily that maintenance is done in Russia it's that maintenance isn't done at all as you said you know yeah. it's uh, the aircraft are often just bought the, you know, too many are bought and then um, they're, they're yeah. cannibalized as you go so to me it's like, yeah. just like, like, like a win-win for um African industry and for uh, and export. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I certainly. It would be great to see that sort of inked in, uh, in in sort of black and white. And I, I know from looking at the press release here as well, they also mentioned that the revenue from African markets for the past past year was 1.7 billion dollars. Now, obviously, some of that will probably be run off from from the Angola uh, deal two yes. two years ago. But still significant in African terms. In the broader terms, where I believe profit was announced at least today at thirty-eight billion dollars for the past year, um, at, you know, quite a, quite a small drop in Rosa Boron's uh, um, um, uh, portfolio, I suppose. But yeah, certainly for 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 sub-Saharan Africa, quite a big deal. Um, and then I think just uh, ending on that, there was also a question raised about whether or not the sanctions against Rosa Bor- or against Russia rather, had actually affected Rosa Boron's ability to do business. And the 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 officials they actually responded and said that volumes of exports had increased during the period of U.S. sanctions that had actually been directly targeted against Rosa Boron. Which I mean, for you know whatever your stance is on on Ukraine is certainly certainly interesting. I don't, I don't know whether whether to laugh or cry or or be, you know, be uh, one way or another. I'm surprised. Let's put it that way. Um, and they, I mean, they stressed that the portfolio was stable. The order books had not been affected, and uh, was business as usual. Um, Although I suppose whether we'd hear any 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 different from Rosa Boron would be difficult to tell, but that I think we 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 can end there just with that brief note because obviously if you're listening to this you are interested in AAD but you are probably quite tired of either attending AAD or or or, or reading the tweets. So in order to 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 cap up with that I think we'll we'll close there and just tell you that tomorrow um, Darren and I will be looking at. Uh, several other companies, including, um, amongst others, Boeing, and um, how could we not forget Paramount? We would we would have to go, and I guess we'll we'll be talking about the Parabot as much as I as much as I am reluctant to to do it. We're, we're going to talk about it, and I, I must admit it is quite big, um, and I certainly intend to to take a take a, a selfie out in front of it as well. <laughs> so uh, we'll do that. So at any rate, you're listening to African Defense Review. Um, if you haven't already, you can find us on iTunes, um, at which there is a link on the site, www.africandefense.net. Um, and you can follow all of us 
Darren and myself on Twitter um, with uh, um, Darren. What's your What's your handle? I know it's D Olafia yeah, or it's, something it's like that. DJ Olafia. At DJ Olafia, and then at African Defense, we'll be providing updates during the day with the the podcast coming out in the evening. So with that, um, from Darren and I, good evening and uh, or good morning if you're listening to this in the morning, and uh, you'll hear from us tomorrow. Cheerio. Thank <laughs> you.